Good evening, everyone. I'm just going to start with the text, if that's all right. Um, Listen to this from Acts 9. Thanks, Jamie. Well done, a strong start. (laughs) Yes, Jamie. (laughs) The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and was walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. Read it one more time. The church throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, had peace. It was being built up. The people there were walking in the fear of the Lord, the spine-tingling awe and sense of the presence of God in their everyday life. They were walking in it. But they were also walking in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing to think that God's Spirit comforts and also commends a fear of him? And in that place, the children of the Most High God multiplied, grew, were strengthened. And sometimes it's, I think, easier to err on the side of comfort. We want the comfort of the Spirit of God. And let me just assure you tonight that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a counsellor. He is that, but that is a part of him. There is also a part of him that is fearful, (laughs) big, the wow of God. (laughs) And that is what made the church grow. It wasn't just one. It's quite easy to tip, isn't it? (laughs) Into a preference, sometimes a bit too fiery, sometimes a bit too comfortable. (laughs) And both would kill us off. But when they're hand in hand, there's growth. And so that little verse in Acts 9 was at the end of something incredible that happened. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. It's about a man who we could call Saul or we could call Paul. (laughs) He gets to be both because there's a bit of Saul and a bit of Paul in all of us. Our old person (laughs) with our murderous thoughts. (laughs) Actually, we probably will have them, let's be honest. (laughs) And then there's Paul, who has his name changed by God and his whole persona changed by a spine-tingling encounter with the living God. (laughs) So let's listen to what happened to him and see how that helps us understand this concept of fearing God, the fear of the Lord. So Saul, it says in verse 1, was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. A charming man. (laughs) So he went on his way, breathing murderous thoughts. And he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? And he said, 
Who are you, Lord? Even before he was actually saved, he knew who was God. He called God the Lord because of this experience he just had. And there's something in me sometimes that wants to take over the handling and the lordship of my own life. And I need a bright moment. (laughs) And then Jesus spoke from this light. He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus is physically no longer walking earth, but is there by his spirit. And actually, he was persecuting the children of God. But Jesus is like, when you did that, you were actually persecuting me. That's how interwoven we are with Jesus. When people pick on us, they pick on the Most High God. (laughs) There may be trouble ahead. Sorry, I don't know, that just came into my brain. (laughs) Then Jesus said this, rise. spoke to this murderous man, rise, enter that city and you'll be told what you are to do because this is God speaking. Walk carefully. And the men traveling with him, they stood speechless. They were hearing the voice, but they were seeing no one. And Saul rose up from the ground. And although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they had to lead him by the hand. Can you imagine this scene? This man, he's just like, come on, buddy. This is like a genocide schemer walking blindly. And they brought him into Damascus. And then for three whole days, he was without sight. He neither ate nor drank. The power of the Most High God was doing an absolute number on him. He was completely blinding him to the old way of seeing the world, seeing the children of God, seeing himself, seeing his future. He took it all away in a moment. Meanwhile, all the way over here, completely different location. There's a guy called Ananias and God speaks to him and is like, hey buddy, get up. I need you to do something for me. I need you to go to Saul. Ananias is like, no thank you. (laughs) I've heard of him. Send someone else. But he didn't actually say that. This is what he did in response to God. It says Ananias departed. He entered the house where Saul was. He went all the way there because God told him to. And he laid his hands on Saul. Listen to how he speaks to him. He says, brother Saul, this is a man already transformed by the fear of the Lord. He does not want his own opinions to be at work on what Saul's like. He gets the God perspective. He says, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so you can regain your sight and be filled by the Holy Spirit. And immediately, 
Something like scales fell off his eyes and he regained his sight. He rose, he was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. And then it goes on to tell us about what this man who once was a vicious, vile, murderous, villainous creature (laughs) became someone who knew he was the son of the Most High God, who cared only for what Jesus was going to say to him, who wanted only to do what Jesus wanted him to do, who found a life of purpose. And the scriptures in Acts go on to say that he preached boldly, that people were all amazed. Other people were saying, he's the guy absolutely wreaking havoc everywhere. Because everywhere he went, the power of God started to be at work. And it was not normal. It was not natural. It was super natural. And then it says, Saul increased. The more people were like, ah, what's he doing? It says, he increased all the more in strength. Because his focus was on God. And it says he confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving Jesus was the Christ. And then we have the verse we started with. The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace upon them. They were being built up. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. It multiplied. And I think that one incident with one man where it was spine-tinglingly incredible, where his life was totally, utterly transformed, where there was no confusion over who was Lord in that moment, changed the whole culture and community in a way that just you couldn't try to make it happen. (laughs) You couldn't conjure it up in your own strength. And it just multiplied. So this fear of the Lord that we speak of, it wasn't just something that happened that brought change, a supernatural encounter or a supernatural experience, but it was one of those. It was also a choice that people made to turn their faces towards the Most High God, the King of the universe, because they knew how powerful he was. None of us really want a religion that's namby-pamby, a God who doesn't do stuff, do we? Boring. We may as well go and be a different religion. (laughs) Read the texts of scriptures. Look at how God interacts with people. Look at the transforming power and impact he can have on people's lives. So it's a choice we make to choose to fear God. It's an encounter we have that is supernatural, where you just know you know that you're suddenly aware of the presence of God. I was talking to Mike, my husband, earlier, and we were trying to unpack what on earth it means. What is it? And he said, all I can say is when I was once in a room and someone just stood and gave a tongue and the whole earth, the whole atmosphere felt something and I couldn't look over, that was a moment You know, we've had those moments where you're like tingling, (laughs) spine tingling. I don't want to say a word wrong. I don't want to say a thing that God doesn't want me to say. Tonight, I feel like that. I feel the pressure's on. 
not in a like needy of your approval. I'm terrified to say something that God doesn't want me to say because we are handling the scriptures of God and we're talking about the presence of the King of Kings here. Like I want to sit upright, <laughs> fasten my shoelaces properly and walk well with God because this has been a prophetic word that's been over this church. So, you know, brace yourselves, guys. <laughs> it's serious. It's serious. God is the king. And there's also something that when we count out the fear of God and we only lean on the comfort of the spirit and we don't work on the other side, we miss an attribute of God's whole character. So in Isaiah, the spirit of God is described as being like seven spirits. <laughs> Sounds really weird, but these seven attributes of God that are all really important. So it kind of starts this list and it goes around the spirit of the Lord. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is part of the character. Then it goes around the spirit of wisdom is part, is an attribute of God. He is so wise. This is what's in Jesus that comes into us. The spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of strength. You want strength, don't you? You want a God who's strong? You've got one. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He defeated the powers of darkness. He made an absolute spectacle of them. And he continues to do that in the lives of us. He's the spirit of knowledge. And he's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. You can't take that out. It's part of who he is. And the fear of the Lord, it goes back round, is the beginning of wisdom, do you see? Has to start round. You can't take bits of God apart and just make him comfortable, God. It doesn't work like that. He's powerful saviour. Isaiah 11 goes on to say about, this is describing what Jesus' spirit is like. He'll delight in the fear of the Lord. He won't judge by what his eyes see. Do you see there's another theme of he changes everything we see when we fear him? Do you need your eyes adjusted? How you see things, how you filter things. Do you filter your decisions through fearing God? Don't judge by what your eyes see. Don't decide by what your ears hear. With righteousness, this is speaking of Jesus, but this is his spirit, and it comes into us. With righteousness, he and we judge the poor. With righteousness, right thinking, right behaving. And with equity, he'll decide for the lowly of the earth. He strikes the earth with the rod of his mouth. He slays the wicked with the breath of his lips. This is all in scripture. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Listen to this as well. If you want another, why is the fear of God incredible? Psalm 34, verse 6, it says, David is saying this. He says, the poor man called out. The Lord heard him. He saved him from his troubles. The angel of God encamps around those who fear him. He delivers them. He delivers them. And he camps around those who fear him. Do you want the angel of the Most High God camping round your house, camping round your work, camping round your family? He encamps around those who fear him. 
And then it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So he doesn't just stay in the, wow, God is, wow, powerful, ah, spine-tingling, terrifyingly, brilliant. He moves to comfort too. Taste and see God is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, holy people. Those who fear him lack nothing. And so in everything we do, we get to kind of have this filter that comes upon us that is an experience, that is an emotion, (laughs) that is a choice. There's times here, you know, Paul was totally flawed. But then we can choose to allow ourselves to bow down before God so he doesn't have to put us there. And we welcome him in everything. We want his wisdom. We want his presence. We want his power in all situations. What would your work look like if you had the fear of the Lord moving amongst it and camping around? Your neighbors, your family, your friends, the decisions you make in life. If only we feared God more. If only we were to acknowledge his power, his true authority, his lordship. I just hate being told what to do. (laughs) I kick off. I start to, you can feel the defenses rise in me. But I must not do that to God. (laughs) Because the whole way he sets up is that he saves me from myself. From ourselves, from our own ridiculous mistakes. He says in scripture, doesn't he, the wages of sin is death. And that's not just eternal consequences. That's like, you do this, you're going, you lie, you're going to cause death in friendships because you break trust. (laughs) You commit adultery, you trash your marriage. (laughs) You wangle your finances, you're you're setting yourself up for a really rubbish life. (laughs) You know, this is how... This is how it is. And my friend Julia earlier, we were just thrashing, we had a quick chat over coffee, and she, she reminded me of this scripture from Hebrews 11. It said, by faith, Noah, he was warned about things that hadn't been seen yet. You know, God said, brace yourself, there's going to be a flood, a torrent of rain is coming, do this. And it says, in godly fear, he built an ark to save his family. The whole purpose of wanting to follow with the fear of God is it's for our benefit to save us. There's a song we sing sometimes. It says, who alone could save themselves? Their own soul could heal. Our sin's greater than the sea, but God's grace, it goes deeper still. But we have to take a hold and listen. Follow the maker's instructions. Anyone doing Ikea flat pack or other Swedish furniture companies... Those are not always the maker's instructions to follow. (laughs) But our scriptures are. Our scriptures are. You know, Naaman, he, he heard God say, you know, go and dip seven times in a filthy river and you will be healed. If he hadn't followed that and thought, what a stupid idea, God, (laughs) he'd probably have had leprosy still. But because he did it, he was healed. 
James 1.21 says, just get rid of the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word of God that he's planted in your hearts. It has the power to save your souls. This, this is that kind of keeping the fear in focus. And here's a comedy one that wasn't so comedy because actually they didn't listen and people died of dysentery and we had the plague. But Deuteronomy 23.12 is the instructions for the first toilets, guys. This is important to pay attention to. You must have a place outside your camp and relieve yourself. You must take a digging tool in your equipment, so when you relieve yourself, you will dig your hole, cover up your excrement, because the Lord your God walks through your camp to protect you and deliver you. Now, history shows they didn't follow that. <laughs> Diseases spread, people died of terrible illness, and God set that up. <laughs> God set that up to protect you, to deliver you. Am I selling this very well? I don't know. It's for God to do in our hearts, isn't it? <laughs> but he loves you so much. And he's so spine-tinglingly powerful and awesome. This is the wow of God. And some of us, we need to get our wow back again. We need to go back to the text. We need to ask the Spirit of God to move again in our hearts. And Jesus himself, you know, it says his spirit is one of fearing God himself. And it says he set his face like flint to the cross because he wanted to do what the Father wanted him to do for the sake of us all. And this is our saviour. This is our king. This is the Lord of our lives. And I often try to topple him off because I think I know better. But shame on me. Because when I do that, it goes horribly wrong. And there's mercy here tonight. His mercies are new every single morning. So don't feel condemned by this. Feel excited about the option of a fresh start. Because there is a bit of Paul and Saul in us all, like I said. Where God's like, okay, I can just help you see this different. <laughs> help your life go different. <laughs> Change things. And we need him, don't we? <laughs> we need our saviour. <laughs> we need our saviour. The church had peace. You will have peace. The church was built up. God will build you. You can walk in the fear of the Lord every day and in the comfort of God's Holy Spirit and you'll multiply. We will grow because God's building his church. I don't care about the stats. He is. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's growing all around the world. Might not be that well in the UK, but goodness me. There's some persecuted countries where the brothers of Christ and sisters of Christ, they are on the rise, guys. And they get the fear of the Lord. 
They're prepared to lay down their lives. I don't really know what to do now. <laughs> I've said my things. But God, we just, we so need you. I just feel like I haven't clicked this in properly yet. And we're asking that you would come by the power of your spirit and just do your stuff, God. Floor us if we need flooring. <laughs> Build us if we need building. Comfort us. Holy Spirit, the comforter, comfort us if we're in deep mourning. It's unique. A unique promise for those who've had loss. He comforts those who mourn. I don't want you to feel I'm not allowing that aspect to be here tonight. Jesus, you just have your way. And we declare that you are the Lord. I am not, we are not the Lord. Jesus Christ, you are the Lord. And so would you just come and be Lord. Help us to walk in this fear daily and impact every area of our lives, Lord Jesus.